My name is Janet Shreve. I am the Director of Shreve Care Services and this is my podcast, You Care, I Care, talking with people who have different experiences of the care sector. I'm talking with Paul Watson. I had the joy, pleasure, he's probably going to grin at me now, of working with Paul for for many years. And uh, he's very kindly agreed to come in and talk to me about how he started to work within the care sector. And not only have we worked together, but we've become very good friends. Paul, nice to see you. I was actually just saying before we started, I think it was 2014 when you actually interviewed me for a job. So it's nearly, not quite, our 10-year anniversary. Yes, let's celebrate. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And the champagne's on the table for afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, Paul, would you tell me a little bit about your career, really, and how you started and how you really ended up working within the care sector? Because you didn't start that way, did you? I most certainly didn't. Um, Many moons ago, I used to work in the retail sector. And I started doing that, I think it was when I was about 16 or 17. Yesterday then. (laughs) (laughs) And really during that time, I sort of created a a role within sort of, or a learning as it were, within retail that I would say sort of prepared me for the care sector many years later. Um, With regard to sort of retail, that's where I got my commercial grounding when you actually look at the, the care sector as a whole, yes, it's very much about care and delivering care services. But one thing that I learned years later was you needed to make sure it was economically viable at the Absolutely. same time as being able to deliver a good quality of care. And so in the years that I was doing the retail part, I learned from different individuals. In particular, I always remember a manager that took me under his wing. Mr. D was called. <laughs> you can remember his name I then. <laughs> um, and he actually taught me many things about how to succeed in retail. And he'd be, in fact, he started out with Woolworths on a, a trainee management program with them. So through the years, I, I sort of progressed up into management roles within the uh, business um, and then I decided with the sort of seven day advent of um, retail to take myself off to university and study, believe it or not, accountancy. I find that hard to believe. <laughs> and uh, management information systems, so like the computing side of things. But I think one of the important bits that I took away from working in retail was a sort of found myself with a penchant for turning businesses around that were poorly performing and within the jobs that I had I I had a reputation for being able to do that which was great I really enjoyed it and that saw me working in very different places in terms of around the the south of the country but when I went to university you know me very well I can't sit still for five minutes no you can't um (laughs) I not only I mean I was going and needed to fund myself anyway because I think in the end when I went it was sort of as a mature student I was 24 years old Um, and what I decided to do while I was there was to look for work as well and I ended up long story cut short working with the university in the residential services department so most universities had residential divisions as it were within student services And they then would support students that lived either on campus or out with the campus. Um, So that I did 
as soon as I started at the university, um, and I was there for four years, and that progressed into me working with the team there and establishing a pastoral care system for students. And that was really exciting to do. We'd taken a model that was very much sort of an uh, American basis. It was called a resident assistant. Really? Um, I'd never heard of that. Scheme. Yeah. Some of the team had gone over to America, not myself, sadly, um, to actually learn more and study from the Americans and a few universities. And then we set it up and established it um, at the university itself. And part of setting that up was I had some training in counselling and all sorts of other things around pastoral care for students. So I suppose that's where my first interaction of care started. So at that point, I'd got a bit of a commercial background, balancing then. I did that for about four years and ultimately became involved in all the student housing side as well um, as the head of housing in that university and we had about um i think it was about ten and a half thousand student units at that time and then an opportunity came up as a business manager for a care company um, with a social housing provider and they had a small care business that Basically, it was on the brink of either do they invest more money into it and carry on or do they divest from it? So I thought that was a really exciting opportunity. Working with you, I can so get that bit. (laughs) And it was interesting because the university sector was changing a lot and a lot of services were being outsourced. So I knew that that change was coming. And I've always worked with the belief that if there is an opportunity that's there and it looks exciting, take the ball by the horns as it were and have an adventure. So that's exactly what I did. Um, and if I remember rightly, I think we I had a week when I joined to do a report on one failing part of the um, business and what we was going to do with it um, in terms of outcomes. And I reported back to the board I think a week or two later. Um, And that was exactly, I think it was four years I did that role as well, funnily enough. But over that period of time, we did end up, when I was working there, developing the business. So we bought care home businesses, we built care homes. We did also divest of some if they didn't fit with, you know, the strategies that we had. Um, And we also did domiciliary care. And it was very dispersed around the country. Driving, as you know, for both of us over the years has been a a big part of our roles. But the most crucial thing for me was, yes, the sort of commerciality part, but I'd never worked in, other than with the students, the care sector per se, particularly with care homes and domiciliary care, and predominantly looking after adults some younger but predominantly older adults so that was a very sort of new area for me but one thing that I always took with me in the different roles I did was that the people that had obviously shown me support and took me under their wing that then also was finding other people within the business that had knowledge and had experience that you could learn from 
because the one thing is we're not our own island in the sense of you know you have your own knowledge but the reality is you deliver so much more with a team of people that have different experiences knowledge expertise and you can use that to your own you know benefit if when you're in a, a senior role not you personally but for the business to, absolutely to absolutely so one of the things I did then was to um, shadow one of the home managers um, and I can still remember to this day and she was very effervescent very experienced and great with people her residents and families and so I spent a lot of time with her learning the trade as it were but I learned a lot about the sector um, a lot about in particular the interactions with people and care and what was important I used to visit regularly all of the homes we had. I don't know if you remember there was changes within the regulator. Oh, yes, yeah. We used to have to do Reg 26 visits, as I recall. So they, you know, you literally had a check sheet and all the things you needed to do to meet the regulations with the visits. But one of the things I loved as part of that was you had to spend time talking to staff. You had to spend time talking to residents and families as well as monitoring what was going on visually and then, you know, checking paperwork and so forth. So I met a lot of great people. And as I've moved through the years after that experience, I then moved on to another care company that was a national provider. And I joined them, um, and I think within a, a, I spent eight years there. And then I progressed into a, senior director role within a a division and I think one of the key things is when you take the experiences you've learned from other roles into new ones it helps with your interactions with people because at least you've got a good knowledge base that you can come from as well. Actually when I was at the, the last company before we worked together in our own business And one of the things that we did was to work really hard at empowering individuals to deliver better services to the people we cared for. It's so easy within a a business, and I think even within care, to end up almost with a checklist and it being just quite almost dictatorial in a way because it's so heavily regulated and naturally everyone wants to make sure that they tick all the boxes One bit I was going to say actually sort of through my journey is about there's some books that I'd read and I'm saying books because I know you're an avid bookworm and listener as well. Yes, absolutely. I don't know if you've ever heard of any of these. The first one was um, called The The Power of Now. Yes. Which was a a great book in Mm. terms of the early days. And then, um, I now can't remember the second one. (laughs) Well, the third one, whilst working in the national provider, was by a guy called Patrick Lencioni. It's called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. I remember that. I do remember going with that. did a big piece in terms of bringing all the management teams as well as the home teams and branch teams. Because I think one of the biggest things for me, again, in the care sector is about empowering the individuals but you have to allow yourself to be quite vulnerable at the same time. 
and those vulnerabilities, nothing wrong with them. As I said, we're not an island in our own and we have the knowledge of everybody, or sorry, of everything to do your roles. Um, it gets the best out of everybody and ultimately it means the people you're looking after get to see and feel and experience the best service they can do. So that's sort of my journey before meeting you, as you said, 4th of Feb 2014, <laughs> yes. when I sat in front of you and we was interviewing to start a living care se- yes. section of Hard our business. I believe nearly 10 years ago. And obviously that progressed on, progressed on and we uh, were you successfully in joining us and then you worked, I can't remember how many years it was. I left in March 2016, which was when we set up Noble. Yes, just remember the other book. Okay. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Okay. Yeah. Well, I shall make a note of those. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember the Lencioni because actually we did the training yes. as well. I remember going to that. It was just great seeing the, the rest of the team fulfil their own sort of wants and ambitions and that through that process as well. But what was interesting of, of when we, we set up the living care, really and truthfully, we didn't know one another that well, did we? Because Not you were, be- well, no. I mean, I think you were in London most of the time, weren't you? And I obviously was in Bristol. So we didn't really work together that much, other than I do seem to remember you coming to the Bristol office. And the reason you liked coming to the Bristol office was because you always got good coffee. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And cake. And cake. Yes, indeed. But um, so when we set it up, it really was a bit of a leap of faith for both of us in many respects, wasn't it? Well, it was a big leap of faith in terms of for the business as well. I always remember the board backing us to do it and investing, you know, or setting aside money to do it. We'd also gone through a big exercise of providing a specialist self-funding service for domiciliary care, as well as in the the care home side as well but in particular we created a a separate business for self-paid dom care and that was very much in the advent of the severe challenges in funding from local authorities and that represents challenges of choice as well for individuals because the one thing with care per se is it's not necessarily something you shop around for and prepare for you know, for any of us, you don't know what's around the corner. And then when you actually face an event is when you suddenly think, I now need to have support or services or my friend or relative or loved one, you know, whichever. And one of the things that in terms of us working together, we very much realise from those experiences is you buy or accept a service from people. You know, going back to the story that I've gone through today is all, all through the different roles that I've done. Everything revolves around memories of people that supported you, helped you, educated you and, and so forth. But the interactions with people in care, I think out of any industry I've ever worked in, the personal interaction is the most important because there are personal things within a a care service and you know supporting an individual that are very personal to those individuals whether it's in your own home or you know in a care setting so that part about you know you can 
advertised services, as we were saying earlier, to the hilt. But the reality is, when we started the living care service, it was all about presenting yourselves as individuals who provide the service, whether that's the care management team, the actual care companions or care assistants, whatever they're called. And for a business to really be, or a service to be successful, it's got to be people-led and not just coming from the ivory tower, as it were. Absolutely. Well, as we, we again, we were talking a bit earlier, it was all about networking. It was all about getting out there and getting and talking to people about what we were providing. And people by people, it is as simple as that, as well as obviously they need the service. But certainly I have found that the networking side is where the business developed. Our paths crossed again um, years later when we decided to then set up a an independent private living care service. And really that again was more about, you know, there's different events that was happening with the businesses that we worked in. That was more about actually being able to provide a bespoke service rather than a set table service, which in reality for much larger organisations it gets harder to provide personalised services because by the very nature of the size and the demographic, if you need to then try to keep consistent service levels and standards across a wider network, it's always much more difficult to do. And then obviously you and I, we started our own living care service, which was very much driven to be bespoke services to individuals a lot of people when you do the networking events or you talk about care options living care has never come up as a an option that people think oh yeah I've heard about that yes I know somebody who's had that and so everybody tends to revert to it's either domiciliary care services in my home when I get so many visits a day or a week or I need to go into a care facility And there's so many stats out there that clearly say the best place to be is in your own home, both both for well-being as well as healing processes. And I remember we had quite a lot of clients that you'd been introduced to and then joined our service who came out of care homes to go back home. And that was absolutely fantastic from my point of view to see people doing that and being able to do it. We had one gentleman, didn't we, who came out. In fact, I think he only, I think he only died about a year ago, and and we took him on very early days, didn't we? Mm. Um, but I think it was really having that. I mean, I th- I always used to say, if I had ten pounds for every time somebody said, "I wish I'd known about your service," or "I'd never heard of Living Care," I think I'd probably be a multimillionaire actually, <laughs> because people don't know about the service and it's really really underused. We did have. Well, near enough five years, didn't we, of, um, I think, achieving what we, we had hoped to achieve. Yes, exactly. And I mean, the, you know, the, it's tantamount to the success of that business and the team, because I'll go back to the bit about Absolutely. all the individuals that played their part and role within the service. You know, in a relatively short space of time, the business was acquired by another provider to establish a a wider service within the region. 
So that was a good experience. It was, it was. And I would like to say that as well as being, as I said, a great colleague, and we, we did have a lot of fun together as well. It was stressful at times. There's no two ways about it. But we came out of it. We're still really good friends. So I think that says a lot for the way we work together. But also, as well as doing this, you've also um, had a very successful retail career as well. So it's not just care. But again, it's all about people, isn't it? Well, exactly. And I know I had mentioned that bit because behind the scenes all the time, I never lost my penchant for retail. So all the time I worked in the care sector for the past 15 years, we've also had a separate retail business. Yes. And again, it's all the bit about people. Absolutely. Empowering um, people and, and letting them do the job mm. and you get the best out of people doing it that way. Well, I would like to say thank you very much for doing this um, actually, I've learned quite a lot about your past today as well. Oh, Some bits dear. that I didn't know, but uh, it was it was really, really interesting. And actually, the trouble is that knowing you and I, as we as I do now, we could probably talk for about the next oh, 24 hours without too many problems because we do talk quite a lot. Well, I was I think it's probably me more than you, but actually, it's been really nice to have you talk and tell us about your career. And I am really, really grateful. So, Paul, thank you for your time thank you for coming and um, I really do appreciate it and I shall look forward to hearing about what you do next I'm sure there'll be something and all the very best with Shreve Care Services thank you very much so if anyone would like any further information or to discuss anything that we've talked about today please do contact Shreve Care Services via our website or janet.shreve at shrevecareservices.co.uk and thank you once again and um, look forward to the next time